Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. About a day of resistance. Should you be concerned? Should you be worried? Do you even know what's being discussed? Look, I I feel awful in that doing the the radio show and and the videos uh, that that I do, which you can find over at Rumble, rumble rumble.com. Uh, slash Tony Katz. I am Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. That so much of the week has been one topic, one subject. I do. I feel awful about it uh, because I like to give you everything that's going on. I like to share all the things that are happening. And certainly I haven't forgotten the fact that the border is a key and fundamental subject in all of this. As we've discussed many times, the border is the most important subject in America. Well, the border clearly has a conversation to be had here, or there's a border conversation to be had in all of this. When we discuss how porous it is and exactly what level of terrorist has gotten over that border, we don't know who's coming across. We talk about the people who we know who are on the terror watch list. We don't know who we don't know. Then there's the Godaway conversation, which is always a, a, a strange one because Godaways in one sector might not mean Godaways in another sector. If they got away in in sector A, we'll call it, but they were captured in sector B, we don't know. We don't know how that works. So the Godaway number is a very, very difficult one and is utilized politically, but it's a hard one to really quantify. But even though we can't perfectly come up with the numbers, what we know is because of our border policy in the United States, a fault of Republicans and Democrats, but clearly made worse in the Biden administration than it was in the Trump administration. That's just data, kids. We know that the border is porous. We know the border is unsafe. And it is clear to anybody who has ever thought about anything anywhere that people who want to do ill to the United States have gotten through. That's an obvious thing to say. And when you take a look at 1,200 people murdered by the terrorist group known as Hamas, well, you realize if the plan was to engage some further level of destruction, it would be a lot easier to do in the United States because you could just walk somebody over the border. Who's going to pay attention? Who's going to notice? Claim asylum. Oh, yeah, yeah, just claim asylum. It'll be five years before you see a courtroom. The numbers of single men who have been coming across the border like it's their job, like it's a walk in the park. Why in the world on any given day would we allow single men to come across the border? That is a a sheer sign of a serious issue. We're not talking about women, children, families. We're talking about single, able-bodied men. Are you insane? You don't let them across the border. Go back and make your country better. That's not hateful. That's not bigoted. That's not xenophobic. That is fact. Chinese nationals coming across the border, not just the southern border, but the northern border as well. No, 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 no. We'll We'll just charter the plane and fly you back. We can afford that one. You allow Chinese nationals to come across the border? You're insane. You're out of your mind. You are unserious or worse. You don't believe the problem can come to you. The problem can come to you. 
And if there's anything that this Hamas terrorist attack on Israel has shown, you notice I always refer to Hamas and terrorists in the same sentence because Hamas is a terrorist organization. Just because Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, or Andre Carson won't notice this, just because so many of these university losers won't notice it, uh, we do, and they have to be reminded day in and day out that Hamas is a terrorist organization. We have now seen what happens when one is not paying attention. And you argue it's the Israelis. What do you mean the Israelis aren't paying attention? They clearly are paying attention. But as we spoke to Glenn Reynolds, uh, Instapundent, uh, University of Tennessee law professor the other day, if Mossad was focused on the judicial movings and maneuverings in Israel, where Benjamin Netanyahu wanted to engage reforms which would change the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court admittedly in Israel, weird. They don't do anything based on a constitution. What constitution? They do it based on reasonableness. That's, I can't make this up. Reasonableness is your standard? That's, uh, 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 Americans look at that and say, that's awkward. Reasonableness is not, is not something that I, I, I think that goes to the individual and how they feel and brings in their politics. What about the rule of law? That's what we should be basing things on. We see that if Mossad was not focused on the enemy, then Mossad was not doing their job. That is not an attack on Mossad. That is a factual statement said differently. If the FBI is focusing their time on Trump supporters, well, then the FBI is not doing enough to uh, deal with, let's, for, let's say, for example, child sex slavery. They're just not. If you're focused on a Trump supporter, but you're not focused on who was on the island with Jeffrey Epstein, chances are you're, you're not doing your job. Chances are you're terrible at your job, and chances are you've taken your eye off the ball. Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, we see this and we understand this. So it's very possible that America is in for a world of hurt. But is it in for a world of hurt because of this? Hamas calls for global mobilization on October 13th. What in the bloody hell does that mean? This idea that on October 13th, Al-Aqsa Flood Friday, I'm, I'm actually reading it from JNS.org, um, in a translation from memory, Middle East Media Research Institute, our Palestinian people, the masses of the Arab and Islamic world, and free people worldwide in its declaration of mobilization to take to the streets on Friday in global protest against Israel, to all scholars who teach jihad, to, and to all who teach and learn, this is the moment for the application of jihad. So a call to war, right? A call to violence, right? Every synagogue should be... The fact that it's on Friday the 13th, I, I, I don't know if they meant it that way. Um, uh, but, but this is about saying attack synagogues, right? Or is this about saying attack high schools on Friday Night Lights? You know, big, big high school game Friday. Or is, is this, um, hey, where's there a concert going on? And all those concert goers walking into the stadium or the arena... Or is this a, hey, head on down to the Strip in Las Vegas, Times Square in New York? 
What's going on in the pier in Chicago? What party is happening in Big D? I'm, I'm not giving them targets. I'm asking, is this what they mean? And let's take them at their word that the objective is to engage in terror all around the globe. So what is one to do about such a thing? What does one do when this call gets made? First, let's take a step back and let's understand that not only, and I don't want to compare the two, but in these murders in Israel, we have updates on the amount of Americans killed. Tragically, the number of innocent lives claimed by Hamas's heinous attacks continues to rise. Among those, we now know that at least 25 American citizens were killed. We join families in Israel, in the United States, around the world, in mourning their immeasurable loss. That number... I assume we'll go up tomorrow because it was 14 and then it was 22 and now it's 25. Why won't the number go up? Americans visit Israel. Lives were lost all around the globe. But remember that the purpose of the attack was to kill Jews. Then there is the response as Benjamin Netanyahu is standing next to Anthony Blinken, who you just heard right there, the Secretary of State engaged in the conversation that this is much, much different. And glorification of evil. President Biden was absolutely correct in calling this sheer evil. Hamas is ISIS. And just as ISIS was crushed, so too will Hamas be crushed. And Hamas should be treated exactly the way ISIS was treated. They should be spit out from the community of nations. No leader should meet them. No country should harbor them. And those that do should be sanctioned. Tony, my friend, I say to you, I say to all of us, there will be many difficult days ahead. But I have no doubt that the forces of civilization will win. And the reason that's true is because we understand what is the first prerequisite of victory. It's what you just said in our meeting. Moral clarity. Moral clarity is a big one and certainly one that's lost. If you've heard me talk about all those college students who signed those letters saying that Israel is to blame and now they're getting the backlash. This is the fault of universities all across the country. Universities have to pay the price. As a matter of fact, this should be the litmus test. Will I send my child to this school? Well, that depends. What was their take on Hamas's terrorist attack on Israel? Did they blame Israel? Did they blame Hamas? Because they blamed Israel. You can't go here. It should be the litmus test. Oh, they have this many student groups that blamed uh, uh, Israel? No, you're not going there. It should be the litmus test to whether or not you send your student to a school. But the moral clarity conversation is very important because this is a conversation about how we live in the face of the evil. Do I know if there are going to be attacks that come tomorrow? I have no clue, and neither do you. Am I going to be afraid? 
God, no. Not now, not ever. I walk in the open air. It's about awareness. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of, of, of examples. And, and my life may be different than, than your life. You guys know that I'm Jewish. And here where I live in, in, in Indiana, I'm, I may be, uh, I might be the most high-profile Jew in the state. I don't know if that was always true. And certainly you could argue, well, what about this person? What about that person? Uh, I'm at least in the top five. Certainly I'm the most vocal because I've got this radio show here and the videos and, 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 and everything else and, and all the work uh, that I do and gets done with, with, with other groups and the speaking, etc. But I don't think I'm any different than you, whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, about taking a look at this and say, what does this mean to me? Because as we have seen, if uh, terrorists want to engage in terrorism, they don't actually care who they destroy. Remember, it's the same thing. The same thing is true when we talk about Gaza. You think Hamas cares about Gaza? You think Hamas cares about those people? Hamas doesn't give a good holy damn about those people. Those people die. They go without water. They go without food. Hamas doesn't care because the objective is not creating a better society. The objective is killing Jews. They have no moral clarity because they have no morals. They have no decency. They have no compass. They only have a twisted desire, whether you want to call it worldwide caliphate or anything else you choose. I don't walk around with any fear whatsoever, not an ounce. But do I carry my Sig Sauer P365 on my hip at all times, even when I'm doing this show? Yes. Does my studio now have a loaded shotgun? Yes. Have I re-examined my entire home and how things have to be planned out? Yes. Have I decided to triple down on teaching my kids how to utilize a firearm? Yes. Have I taken a look at my own uh, daily security and make sure I'm more aware? Yes. Do I bring my firearm with me every time I go to synagogue? Yes. And let me say any Jew who doesn't bring their firearm to synagogue is out of their damn minds. And anybody who has a rabbi or a priest or, or, or a reverend, a faith leader of any kind that says you can't bring your firearm here, Fire that faith leader. They're not worth their salt. Or find another place to worship because they ain't worth it. They'll get you killed. Your synagogue is a soft target. Your church is a soft target. So, by the way, is the local football game. You'll have to deal with your local police about that. Or you're going to have to recognize that maybe an armed citizenry isn't so bad. Being aware and being alert matters because there is a moral clarity to that. You have a responsibility to go home alive and to protect your family to the best of your ability. That is part of morality. Defending those people that you love, defending yourself. But also is a recognition that you don't allow some lunatic terrorists, murderers, to keep you from living your life. You know, we'll, you'll be safe from us if you just convert or, or pay the jizya, which is a tax for not converting, and do this and do that and live under a, 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 a rock and, and don't ever speak about this, and then, you... well, that's not living, that's slavery. Count me out. What does one do about a day of resistance? I'd go to the mall, or I'd go to the park, or I'd hang out with friends. I'd live my life in the most normal way possible. And I would be teaching my children, as I think you should, 
This is what these monsters known as Hamas believe. They're not good. They're not decent. They believe they can scare you into doing whatever it is they want. They want you as slaves. They don't want you to have any level of autonomy. They don't want you to have a free thought. They don't want you to have a free expression. Do what they do, tell you to do or else. Can't live like that. Shouldn't live like that. Won't live like that. How does one handle the day of resistance? By going about your life. More aware than ever before, without question, but still going about your life. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is down 208. NASDAQ down 83. Maybe that's because inflation is here to stay. As we knew. It is amazing what is not surprising to us that's surprising to everybody else. Consumer prices rose 0.4%. 3.7% from a year ago. The, the forecast were 0.3 and 0.6. We already know the producer price index was, was up. Everything costs more which means inflation has not done its job, or I should say that raising interest rates has not done its job. Hasn't. Which means the possibility that interest rates are here to stay. Maybe even going up. We'll see about that. And oh, look at that. The 10-year Treasury, which was going along at 4.5, is now back at 4.69. Remember last week was at 4.88. Do I hear 5%? Why wouldn't I hear 5%? Jamie Dimon of JPMorgan Chase said we'll see 7%. I believe him. And that's the 10-year Treasury, which is the benchmark. The spread between that and 30-year fixed has been 300 basis points. 3%. 100 basis points equals 1%. Which means mortgage rates at 8%. I'm sorry, if it's seven, if you get to 7, you'll see mortgage rates at 10. The national average right now is 7.88%. That is the national average on a mortgage. Historically, not massive. Consider recent history freaking big and changing things. Changing how people buy a house. Now, overall, we don't see a massive uh, drop in prices yet as, as we keep reporting on it, keeping an eye on it, because the inventory isn't there. People are only selling the house if they really need to go, only buying a house if they really need to move. Ergo, inventory is tight, so the prices have managed to stay up. I don't know if that lasts much longer. I don't know how it can. Uh, eventually, the dam does break, even as the movie The Big Short showed, which is not perfectly accurate but damn it's so well done the big short steve carell christian bale brad pitt is it it ryan gosling is that who that is it's so good the big short i think it's on netflix right now i think it leaves at like the end of the month it's so well done and i'm not an adam mckay fan i think his politics are garbage he's the guy who did uh uh, the Dick Cheney uh, movie was was advice with Cheney and 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 but he 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 does a brilliant job with the Big Short. It's brilliantly done. 
But eventually, eventually the collapse comes. Nah, this, this market's not in a good place. These numbers are not in a good place. And inflation is here to stay. So, sorry. This is Tony Katz today. Did I miss Prime Day? Did I miss all the great deals at Amazon? Were were any of the deals great? Ah, man. Now where am I going to buy my useless crap? Oh, that stinks. Because uh, my kid has been on me, my youngest has been on me, to get a Ninja Creamy. Do you know what a Creamy is? It's make your own ice cream. Yeah, I guess you put in, I don't know, you put in cream and you put in some sugar and you put in like a strawberry because it's healthy or something. And the next thing you know, strawberry ice cream that only you were eating because everybody else in the family is like, why didn't you make chocolate? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. By the way, the chat room is open at TonyKatz.com. The phone number 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. I... Did not realize how much stuff people buy. I did not realize how much spending actually goes on. Is Amazon actually less expensive than everywhere else? Or is it just that much easier? It's not that... It's not that people are buying things unnecessarily. It's that they're buying for convenience. And when you're buying for convenience, you'll pick up one more thing. I haven't figured it out. It's like, why did they put candy at the uh, there at the checkout? And the candy's the impulse buy. All right, I'll get one of those. All right, you've been good in the store, kid. Here, here, just uh, have a have a have a candy bar and uh, and uh, and just you know, as long as you're quiet, I don't care if you get diabetes. I'm cool with it. There it is. A uh, producer, Jason, turns out every day, every day after the first hour of the show, he has he has a snack break, and the snack break consists of a diet coke. And a Snickers bar. Is this every day? It, it's a healthy lunch. What, what, what's wrong with that? Well, the starting with the healthy lunch part. Diet Coke and a Snickers. He's a grown man. Diet Coke. I've made it this far in life. And a Snickers. Well, you know, <laughs> timing is everything. And a Snickers bar. So I'm like, I, I'm like where, so where do you get the Snickers bars? You just buy Snickers bars? He goes, no, there's a vending machine. On like the like the like the sixth floor. I'm like, no, that's nuts. So I sent him a couple of cases of Snickers bars, which I got from Amazon because I wouldn't even know where I would buy Snickers bars, because the only place I know to buy them is a vending machine or my gas station. So I don't know if people buy just unnecessarily on on when they're buying online when they're buying on on, on Amazon because it's it's just so easy. Or is this really the the new Whoopi? I concern myself with these things. I concern myself with them because I'm looking at credit card debt that is now over a trillion dollars. The people are living uh, in, in, we talked about this in in higher um, denominations, higher income levels, Paycheck to paycheck. But I have not heard the people at Amazon say, you know what? No one's buying the Ninja Creamy anymore. By the way, they have one that's $199, 
and one that's $249. I am not buying this thing. $200 to make my own ice cream? How much do I want to bet this would be like getting a dog? Oh, no, Dad, we'll walk the dog. Oh, no, Dad, we'll clean up after the dog. Oh, no, Dad, we'll feed the dog. Three days later, there I am at 2 in the morning in 12-degree weather walking Fluffy or whatever they name the thing. Which, I I should be clear, I'm not anti-pet. I'm fine with pets. But the idea of when I see grown men cleaning up after their dog, I do wonder out loud who's in charge. Every single time I see a grown woman walking around with a plastic bag around her wrist, walking the dog, and you know it's in the bag. You, I say to myself, who, who wants this? Who wants this? And the answer is, not me. Don't want any part of this. Who's spending $200 to make their own ice cream? Because I'm going to get it, and then three days later, it's just going to be another appliance. We do buy a lot of wasteful stuff. I'm not opposed to you buying what you want. It's your money. Go live your life. Do your thing. I'm I'm not here to tell you otherwise. I just don't understand the buying to feel good. People buy, people shop to feel good. I understand going out to eat to feel good. I understand that the the lockdowns of COVID, people just wanted to go to a restaurant and be treated and feel normal. There is a sense of normalcy associated with that. I can understand normal. By, you know, uh, going out to eat to feel normal, buying something to feel normal because you need the thing and you're able to do it. Buying to feel good is something different. As opposed to beating the crap out of a naked guy who's walking around touching children. That makes perfect sense to me. The story was that this guy was he was he was in a JC Penny which honestly I don't even know is still open. But good on them. He's naked inside a JC Penny. Running from the children's department in nothing but his socks. This happened in Washington State. And this woman's on the phone. He's like holding the kid. He has two kids with him. And there's video of people in the JC Penny beating him up. I want to be clear about something. This is correct. Now you say to me, Tony, you're advocating violence. Mm, No. I am advocating normalcy. Just like the going out to dinner thing. I like normalcy. I believe in normalcy. It's important. Lockdowns aren't normal. Lockdowns are criminally insane. Telling people that they're not allowed to speak because of their political point of view, is not normal. It's insane. Thinking that people could just walk naked around a department store and somehow I have to worry about their mental health. I already know what their mental health is. 
I still don't allow it. It's not okay. And if you're near kids, you see, if there's somehow you're on the street and there's a naked guy walking down the street, you can be like, that guy has got some problems. And you call the police and they can deal with that kind of thing. If there's a naked guy trying to grab children, that's a guy who needs some kind of fist to the face. You say to me, Tony, that is so violent. What could be more violent than letting a naked man somehow grab children and then who knows what? So I didn't say, as I said in the first example, you see somebody naked, go attack them. No. I said, you see a naked guy walking down the street, you're going to stay away, keep everybody safe. And uh, call the police and be like, hey, uh, I know, I know, it's another naked guy. No, no, yeah, right, right, right. Well, 12th today, huh? huh? Society's doing great, officer. Meanwhile, naked guy, if you could, uh, if you could go get him. If you could, uh, uh, I don't know, and bring some pants. That'd be great. Naked guy touching a child? Oh, yeah, officer, we beat the crap out of the dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I pretended I was Jimmy Snooker. I loved Snooker growing up. And I climbed to the top of, of, of a traffic light. Boom! That guy got a knee to the face like nothing else. Oh, uh, you got to talk to Steve over there. He accidentally touched his junk. Oh, he's not okay. Somebody, somebody's got to get him some, I, I don't know, hydrogen peroxide. Whatever it, is, whatever it is you need to wipe that off. That wasn't cool. But he tried. He tried. wasn't. Honestly, there, there were victims. There were victims other than the kids, cop. Uh, you can take care of that. Maybe we have to ask ourselves a different question. Why is this happening so often? Why? And part of the reason is that the people who want to tell you that you can be any gender, the people who want to tell you that you're allowed to act on your emotions and your emotions account, the people who, uh, who, who to want to somehow think that everything is solved by just understanding, no. As a nation, we have to admit that maybe letting everybody out of the asylums wasn't a great idea. Maybe there is a segment of society that simply isn't capable of dealing with society. Rules matter, standards matter, and we should keep the rules and standards. And one of those standards is a level of normalcy. You don't get to be naked and touching children in a JCPenney. My gosh, that you would have to say that out loud. That's crazy. Think of where we have come to that you have to say that out loud. People aren't okay. My, my brother, the good Dr. Katz, um... Not not a, a psychiatrist, but he looks he looks at this and wonders whether or not that this is nothing more than uh, anxiety. Um, I think that when you talk about people freaking out on an airplane, anxiety, and the anxiety is not only caused by society; it's caused by the TSA and the airlines failing to remember who's important in the equation. That's anxiety when people are losing their minds on a plane. Yeah. This is mental illness. Mental illness gets used as a coverall these days. It's used for everything. It's used on, on every subject. There's way too much discussion about mental illness as, on, on, on everything. But that doesn't mean there isn't mental illness out there, which goes back to Maybe we couldn't let everybody out of the asylums. Maybe 
in order to engage normalcy, we have to admit that not everybody is fit for society. You have to admit it. You have to understand it. You have to recognize it. You have to be honest about it. Honesty is the conversation of Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. The slap heard round the world at the Oscars. Will Smith's slap is a great example of not being normal. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. Chris Rock made the joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Can't wait to see G.I. Jane 2 because Jada Pinkett Smith was bald. She has alopecia, so she shaves her head. Lost her hair, shaves her head. Will Smith laughed at that joke, then saw his wife wasn't laughing at the joke. That's when Will Smith walked on stage, slapped him, and started cursing. Losing his mind. Uh, I consider Jada Pinkett Smith to be one of the weirdest people out there. Somebody who really believes too much in themselves, but neither here nor there. But she has come out in a book to say that, well, you know... um, Will Smith and I have been separated for seven years. They separated in 2016, but they still showed up together. They still parented together. They never announced it. They separated. They kept up everything for the, 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 the public. Like, we would care. You mean you did it because you thought it would affect your money? That's super, super weird. But then she tells the story that Chris Rock once asked her out. So now you're like, wait, is there some kind of subtext to the thing? But then you go back to, you mean you slapped Chris Rock in public? You ruined your career. You're out of the academy for a woman you broke up with seven years prior? Or at the time, it was six years prior. You know, this whole thing of Jada Pinkett Smith was really running that relationship. I think she was really running that relationship. Will Smith is a weak dude. He's a weak mind. He can act. He's got talent. But he is weak. Six years you've been separated. Guy tells a joke. You got to slap him? You're worth, you're worth all that money. You are an A-lister's A-lister. And you got to get upset? You laugh at the thing and you move on. That's it. That's it. This is Tony Katz today. Um, with regard to the, uh, the $6 billion, first, uh, again... It's always worth repeating the facts because, unfortunately, the facts get lost along the way. Uh, the money that Iran accrued in bank accounts, in this case in, in South Korea, uh, for the sale of its oil uh, was done pursuant to an arrangement established by the previous administration, the Trump administration. None of the funds that have now gone to Qatar have actually been spent or accessed in any way. Uh, by Iran. Indeed, funds from that account are overseen by the Treasury Department, can only be dispensed for humanitarian goods, food, medicine, 
medical equipment, and never touch Iranian hands. Um, we have strict oversight of the funds, and we retain the right to freeze them. That is Anthony Blinken, and that statement is both true and false. It is true that the $6 billion that was unfrozen, it has not yet reached Iran. That much is true. We said that from the beginning. But if you think that money won't get in the hands of the Iranians or be utilized in a way to engage the sponsorship of more terrorism or more uh, uh, illicit activity, you are, you're dumb. I don't know. How else does one say it? You're mistaken? You're naive? Nah, you're dumb. Of course it will end up in the hands of terrorists. Of course it will. Everybody knows this. So why is Anthony Blinken trying to sell us on the idea that somehow it's going to go to food and medicine? No one believes him. And no one should. Now, the Washington Post had said that they were going to refreeze the money. That this was going to be held. The question is, is that the case? They've got the headline. U.S. and Qatar agree to stop Iran from tapping $6 billion humanitarian fund. We will see what we will see. But if you give them the money, the money will be used for whatever purpose they choose one way or another. And saying otherwise is just madness. It's silliness. But this is the administration not recognizing that Iran is the enemy. This is Tony Katz today.